of God. We're so grateful. We're so thankful. Jesus, thank you for not leaving here and leaving us without help and without hope, but sending the Holy Spirit of God to lead us, to guide us, to teach us, to impart to us, to strengthen us with mighty power for the days that we live in and the generation that is right now before us, God, that we might be strengthened to be lights in the midst of darkness, to bring forth the truth of redemption and righteousness and walk in the light as you are in the light. We thank you today for words and doors of utterance being open that we might hear the word of God with clarity and accuracy. Those words imparted into our heart will begin to cultivate that they might become life to us. And so we do thank you for all that you've done for us, all that you're doing and all that you'll continue to do in every heart and in every life by your word and your spirit this morning. In Jesus' name and everyone who agreed said, Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. How are you this morning? Man, it's a great day to be alive in Christ. Amen. We're so blessed and honored and privileged to have Pastor Mark and Trina Hankins with us today. Why don't you look at somebody next to you and say, by the authority of God's Word, you are not my problem. If you believe that, you can be seated. As you have already heard, uh, you know, we have been having uh, August be camp meeting month. Um, we always do things a little bit different here. Most people have a camp meeting week, and we just have camp meeting month. And so, uh, just a tremendous blessing, but we're not finished yet. This is really, uh, you know, a culmination of uh, what God's been doing over the month. And so, you want to be in these meetings. You want to bring people to these meetings, because I believe God is going to bring things together in your life, in us as the church, over the next day uh, and Monday evening. There's going to be some things come together that God's been speaking speaking throughout the month. He's been imparting to you throughout the month. And so we're just blessed to have Mark and Pastor Mark and Trina here and uh, uh, really ready to impart to us the Word, the Spirit of God, and, and bring some things together that we'll walk out um, uh, things that God's called us to do. You will walk it out as a church. You'll walk it out individually, uh, just in the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so um, praise the Lord. Pastor Mark and Trina have been coming for number of years, about 40 years, uh, started coming when they were five years old, and uh, that's how powerful the anointing. They were just kids, but uh, you know, uh, you, you know this, and I just believe in divine connection, uh, divine relationships set by God, and they're not passing relationships, they're eternal relationships. And so when you have one and that God's set up and there's great impartation uh, brought to help establish in what God's called us to do, uh, you do your best to honor those relationships and, and really open up your heart to receive in the things that God has put on the inside of the gifts that he's put in the body. And so the gifts in Pastor Mark and Trina Hankins, he's put in the body to equip you further so that you can be uh, ready to fulfill the ministry that God's called you to out wherever you go. Amen? And so they've been ministering all over the world, just came back from some great meetings in Turkey. And so, you know, as they minister here, they're ministering all over the world, uh, uh, the Word and the Spirit of God. And so we get to get in on that with the rest of the world as they preach the gospel, share with the impartations of the Spirit of God. And so how many of you are expecting anticipating God to do great things. So you have as much part in these meetings as anybody does. Your expectancy, your draw. And so uh, open up your hearts, put your hands together, and welcome Pastor Mark and Trina Hankins as they come to minister to us. Praise the Lord. I think I'm on. Uh, wonderful to be back here after 40 years. Coming. <laughs> coming every year for 40 years. So we're really not one of the new guests, So, uh, but we are happy to be here. We love your pastors. They're two of the best pastors in the world, and we're happy to be friends with them, friends with us. And um, uh, also, we have adopted one of your church family, and, and Kate works for us. And Kate, Kate is like, let's see, uh, She's an outstanding helper, worker, excellent, uh, never complaining as far as we hear, but uh, <laughs> always, always working hard. So we're happy to have somebody from your church, from your family. 
I think your mic's, uh, is it on? So I'll try this other button. Another button. Just start putting, it's green, it's green on the bottom. Does that work? Does that have to be green on the top? So, there you go. It's, it's got the touch. It's a tap. Got the touch. Okay. We came up here with Pastor Craig and Sharon. Yeah. When they started this church years ago. And we were in, How old is this church? We've been here ever since, in the little hotel. Mm -hmm. And then when uh, your pastors came, and Kate was just a little girl, right? And her little tiny sister, my goodness, they have grown up, my goodness. Yeah, serving the Lord. Just watching them do what they do. My Lord, aren't you blessed? Wow. This this isn't a fly by night church. It's a, it's established. It's a, yeah. something something's going Amen. on here. Yep. Amen. And uh, also happy to see uh, Andrew from uh, the ministry in China. Andrew here sitting here. God bless you, Andrew. Glad to see you. Amen. And uh, also, you know, I was pretty happy when I saw uh, Lauren. Lauren came in and and gave us a hug, and she's like. I don't know about y'all, but she's like one of our heroes in Washington, D.C. You're one of our heroes in Washington, D.C. Amen. So she's we on love the front you. lines. Wow. She, yeah, she's a, she's a battle strong warrior of a woman in Washington, D.C. No, she has her mouth wide open running at every giant. She doesn't need a microphone either. <laughs> And we got like giants on every department, right? And so she is just uh, bold uh, for, for Bible issues. And uh, so we appreciate you very much. And you take a lot of attacks, a lot of criticism. But what a great, 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 great woman that the Lord has used and sent from here all the way to Washington, D.C. So, I mean, we're thrilled to have you here. Praise the Lord. Amen. So now, um, I do like to tell a joke, you know, every morning. So I like to laugh, and, and that's why Kate works, works is because she's a designated laugher at all of my jokes. She, she laughs at all of them very, uh, very uh, uh, really loud. She's a great loud laugher. And so we find something funny when we're traveling, and uh, she laughs, and we all laugh. <laughs> so... All right, did you hear about the guy, you know, that his wife got caught stealing in the grocery store? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> his wife got caught stealing the grocery store, so uh, she had to go stand before the judge, and so her husband went with her, and, and they were standing before the judge, and the judge says, ma'am, according to our records, uh, you got caught stealing the grocery store, and she hung her head in shame, and he said, and according to our records, you stole a can of peaches. And so uh, there's six peaches in that can, so I'm going to give you one day in jail for each peach. She hung her head in shame, and her husband raised his hand. He said, Your Honor, she also stole a can of peas. <laughs> so that, that's, not, that's a pretty good joke. That. Might, might want to keep her a little bit longer. All right. <laughs> All right, look, we brought some ammunition and books and stuff back there. Uh, this church has been a wonderful partner with us for years, and so all the stuff is half price. And so here's the bloodline of a champion. Every chapter is on faith in the blood. I call it slinging blood everywhere. No matter what you're dealing with, don't be quiet about the blood of Jesus, how to apply the blood. Anybody want that book? Raise your hand. You get the free one right there. And then uh, this is Trenna's book on how to pray for your family. And this is on the blood, how to pray for your family. And uh, we have seen your family, and you need prayer. Anyway, so <laughs> imagine people said that about my family. <laughs> We've seen your family, your kids. You need prayer. So uh, Trenton wrote a book on how, how to uh, pray for your family, apply the blood of your family. And so uh, uh, then uh, we are celebrating 50 years of ministry. I, I believe 50 years. So 50 years, 50 years, and so we put together a quote book of 50 years worth of quotes, 50 years worth of quotes, so you don't have to read like the whole book. You can just like read one or two quotes 
And that'll, that'll light your faith up, just one or two quotes, right? And you just read that, and you go, wow, that's amazing. And uh, so, huh? You want me to read one? Okay, let me find one. All right, all right. Uh-huh, let's see if I find one I like. <laughs> uh, well, I do like them all. And, uh, you know, we, we have just finished our uh, new conference center on our, our uh, MHM property. So um, it took uh, uh, over two years to complete the conference, and we started it. We thought we could do it fast, and we thought it cost about $1.5 million, ended up costing $4 million, but we're almost finished with it. And uh, uh, the first conference is September 12th, 13th, 14th, and Brother Copeland's going to come do the first night of our conference center. And so... Uh, we are thrilled with that conference center and we'll be doing special conferences every other month on certain subjects, which will turn into television programs, which really go around the world. So uh, we're pretty excited about that. But we did this also, the, the, the quotes of 50 years worth of quotes. I have a couple. Like, I have one that Lauren just mentioned called what? Never run at your giant with your mouth shut. Say, <laughs> so where did you get that from? The Lord said it to me because I had a few giants. There's another one called, Your Mountain Needs to Hear Your Voice. Uh-huh. Here's one. Uh, sound came before sight. Many people want a change of scenery, but they must have a change of sound first. Uh, let's see if we can find another one here. Yeah. All right, faith will move a mountain, but it will not move a mountain until it moves your mouth first. I think you know the quotes better than I do. And I said, let's go through here. Uh, let's see here. Um, if you are not impressed with who you are in Christ, you have not seen him lately. <laughs> you look a lot better in Christ than you do outside of him. Um... For those tough stains, you have to shout them out. Uh, the Word of God, the Word of God is a spoken thing. It did not come out of God's pen. It came out of God's mouth. So when you take God's Word and put it in your mouth, we call that mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation of God. Anyway, there's a bunch of... Oh, the Word of God, it was written so it could be spoken, and it was spoken so it could be written. Did I get that right? It was spoken so it could be written. Word of God was spoken before it was written, and it was written so it could be spoken. All right, well, don't question me. So, uh, <laughs> we're still working on our marriage after 47 years. Uh, some people say, how long have you been married? I said, well, we have been happily married for 40 years. And 40 out of 47 ain't bad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she says, don't ever say that again. All right, so I'll quit. Uh, well, I've learned yes. that you know what you say better than I know what you say. So what are you trying close. to say? I'd said it wrong, but you know it. <laughs> so as you hear about that guy, you know, that his wife was a little bit grouchy, a little bit bossy. And so finally he decided he's just going to tell her off. So finally he told her off. And they said, well, what happened? He said, well, I didn't see her for three days. He said, but the third day my left eye started to open up just a little bit. He said. All right. Now, <laughs> now, for those of you who still have a CD player, anybody here still have a CD player? Anybody? Still have, you have a CD player? I actually do have one truck with CD player. All right, back there in the back, see the CD player? This is a set, brand new set of CDs called Lay Hold on God's Faithfulness. Phenomenal teaching on the faithfulness of God. Four CDs, like I said. So, if you don't have a CD player, you can download Mark Hankins Ministries app. All the messages are on the app, and they're all free. So you don't have to buy nothing. Download the app. We were shocked when we went to Turkey. We had uh, pastors come from 20 different countries, from Iran, from Iraq, from Afghanistan, 
We had pastors come in from Pakistan. We had pastors come from Lebanon. And as soon as I met them, they said, we listen to your app every day. And I was, I was in shock that all the way on the other side of the world, the word is working. So uh, if, you don't, if you don't have a CD player, then you can get the, get the, uh, uh, get the app. Mark Hanks Ministry. All right, I'm finished. You want me to, you want to hold that? You can hold it. You want me to hold it? All right. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you for that song on the blood. Wasn't that good? Yes. Say, I plead the blood. I plead the blood of Jesus. So I just can't improve on that song, so I'm going to sing another one on the blood. Is that okay? Praise God. The blood is the point where we meet God. Amen. The blood is the point where heaven is open. The blood is the place when it's applied that the Holy Ghost comes and confirms every word that you speak and you claim. Hallelujah. So this is an important thing. The blood of Jesus, I based my little book on praying for your family on the blood and how the blood of Jesus brings deliverance not only for you personally, but you apply it like they did in the Old Testament to the doorposts of their house. That's one example. And the devil can't cross over. Hallelujah. And the Holy Ghost goes to work. Ha-ha. Ha-ha on the devil. Amen. Praise God. Just start that song. Hallelujah. Let's let our Holy Ghost spiritual imagination put us right before the throne of God. And let's see what he sees. There is a crimson stream of blood right now. Amen. Go ahead. I see a crimson stream of blood. It flows. Your love cannot 
Jesus, and so uh, um, we um, have a little bit of time, so we're going to get after it, all right? Uh, Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 12, Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 12, if you have your Bible or your phone or whatever you look on there, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12, one of my favorite verses, 
uh, Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 12. And it says, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place and he obtained eternal redemption for us. Everybody say eternal redemption. Eternal redemption means what Jesus did here, he says, he entered in once, means what Jesus did with his blood, he did it once. Once, never will be repeated, never has to be repeated, he did it once, it was the perfect sacrifice. He did it once for all time and for all eternity. When you and I get to heaven, we will be singing and talking about the blood of the Lamb. The blood of Jesus. It's an eternal, eternal thing. He purchased our eternal redemption. Uh, other translations say eternal redemption and everlasting release. Uh, another translation says complete redemption. Complete redemption. The word redemption means he purchased our freedom. He purchased our freedom. Simple as that. He purchased our freedom with his own blood, with his own blood. So this happened when Jesus was raised from the dead. In uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you do not see this happening. You see Jesus down on the cross and Jesus being raised from the dead. But this is a part of what you call Paul's revelation. And Paul's revelation, he tells you not just what man saw, but he tells you what God saw. Paul's revelation, he tells you not just what happened in the scene, he tells you what happened in the unseen. So the four Gospels will tell you what happened in the natural or in the scene. What man saw, Paul's letters will tell you what happened in the spirit or what happened in the unseen. Or will tell you what God saw, what angels saw, even what the devil saw. So what happened when Jesus was raised from the dead, he said, don't handle me. Because his first order of business was to take his blood into heaven itself, into the holy place, right in the very presence of the almighty God. And when he took his blood into heaven itself, it is actually still there to this day. So you could say it this way, God himself lives in constant view of the blood of Christ. God lives in constant view of the blood of Christ. And for you to access the presence of God, you come because of the blood. Or not only do you come because of the blood, God actually sees you through the blood. Amen. So thank God for the blood. So he says he obtained an eternal redemption for us with his own blood. So most, most mornings when I get up, uh, before I take my coffee, I'll say, Thank you, Father God, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, and he obtained eternal redemption for us. That means Jesus purchased my freedom from the curse, from the devil, from sin, from shame. He purchased my freedom from, and he purchased my freedom to live in the presence of the Almighty God. Amen. So Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12, just very, very significant. And many, many years ago, I was reading Hebrews 9 and 10, and uh, the word one sacrifice or once was repeated over and over, once, one sacrifice, once. And so the Lord told me many years ago, he said, uh, if the devil's giving you a hard time, you tell him a bedtime story. <laughs> and you tell him once upon a time. God was manifest in the flesh, and Jesus, by his blood, purchased my redemption, and then you rock him to sleep. Anyway, so uh, when you're having trouble in your mind or in your, your thought life or in your family, then you have faith in the blood when you know what Jesus has done for you with his blood. So Hebrews 9, 12 is powerful scripture. Then go to verse 14 because it's right there after Hebrews 9, 12, and it says, how much more? How much more shall the blood of Christ, how much more shall the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, he offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works or dead religion to serve the living God or to bring you out of a dead religion 
ritual and rules relationship with God to bring you into the very presence of the living God. Right? See, that's why some churches are dead and some are alive. And in other words, your faith in the blood will cause you to meet with the living God and regular religion will just leave you uh, with rituals. So he says, uh, the blood, and then he says, through the eternal spirit. So when he says the blood through the eternal spirit, that shows us that the blood of Jesus and the spirit of God are eternally connected. Anytime the blood of Jesus is honored, the Holy Spirit will work. Let's try it one more time. Anytime or anywhere the blood of Jesus is honored, the Spirit of God will work. Every great revival in American history happened after great revelation on the blood of Christ great songs about the blood of Christ. Every major revival in America happened after the blood was applied. Honored our major emphasis on the blood. Now in my house, my mama did what we call I plead the blood. We, we would say, you know, slinging blood everywhere, but I plead the blood. I plead the blood is simply a legal term that means how do you plead if you're standing before a judge? And when you say, I plead the blood, you're simply saying, I rest my case on the blood of Jesus. All right, let's try it one more time. I rest my case. What does that mean? His blood plus nothing minus nothing. No further arguments are necessary in this case. Once I plead the blood, I now rest my case on the blood. The blood alone has done everything. I plead the blood. And the devil knows his time is over when you start saying, I plead the blood. And when you say, I plead the blood, the Holy Spirit is your advocate or your attorney or your lawyer. And he has never lost a case. If he can get his client to listen to him. So your advocate, Jesus is your advocate in heaven. The Holy Spirit is your advocate in your heart. So the Holy Spirit will always encourage you when you're in a fight to apply the blood of Jesus or have faith in the blood of Jesus or not be quiet about the blood of Jesus. Come on, or lift up your voice about the blood of Jesus because there is power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is in that blood. Amen? So just like in your body, in your blood, in your blood, they, your blood has certain antibodies uh, that you carry because of certain diseases you may have had and you overcame. And if that disease ever shows up, your blood, your antibodies, antibodies, they call them memory cells. That means those cells in your blood, antibodies, remember how they whipped that disease last time. And simply say, we will whip you again because we whipped you last time and we'll whip you again. So the blood of Jesus carries the antibodies. Come on, have y'all ever had them take a bunch of your blood, you know, to study it and maybe for an insurance policy or just a regular checkup of your body, you know? You know I recently went to the doctor and, and um, they took like nine vials of my blood. They didn't tell me the number when they started. You know, they just poke you, and then they start going, rrr, rrr, and I said, uh, by the way, how many of these are you planning on taking of my blood? Well, what do they do after they get all those vials of your blood? Well, they study it, and then they actually will send you a printout of everything that's in your blood. Not one page, not two pages, not three pages. Come on. Four, five, six pages of stuff that's in your blood. Stuff that you didn't even know was in your blood. 
So what has happened is God has designed to do a printout. We call it the Bible. God designed to do a printout of everything that's in the blood of Jesus. So you'll be sure and know what belongs to you and what he's overcome for you. And that's all in the blood. It's all in the blood. Amen. Now go to Hebrews 10. We're still right here in Hebrews, and so go to chapter 9, then go to chapter 10. And I love both of these chapters, but uh, so many other chapters are available. But let's look at this real quickly here. Hebrews chapter 10, and here he's talking about um, that the blood of Jesus uh, cleanses you or purges your conscience. Your conscience. Now, in the Old Testament, God said, I'm going to forgive you your sins, and I will not even remember. How many could believe that? God said, I'm going to forgive you and forget you ever did anything wrong. Most people have a hard time just believing that. But here he says, in the new covenant, the blood of Jesus is more powerful than the blood of goats and calves and lambs. He said, the blood of Jesus does not just forgive you of your sin." But the blood of Jesus reaches into your conscience where no one else can reach. I mean, there's no pharmacy can reach it. You know what I mean? They try to prescribe this for you and that for you. But the blood of Jesus, through the power of the Spirit of God, can reach into your conscience and remove the guilt the stain, or the shame, or sin consciousness. So the blood of Jesus not only forgives you of your sin, but actually removes sin consciousness. Or, you could say it this way, the blood of Jesus reaches into your conscience and silences the voice of self-condemnation. All right, let's take it a little bit further. So the blood of Jesus reaches into your conscience and removes the, it's your fault. All right, let's try this other way. How many of you have it's your fault, it's my fault, it's your fault. But we have a faultless redemption. All right, a no fault clause. <laughs> so, so the blood of Jesus sets you free from the guilt or the shame or the stain of sin. So in the Old Testament, you were forgiven, but in the New Testament, the blood of Jesus removes sin consciousness because sin consciousness will destroy your faith. You'll have no confidence to receive from God if you feel like, I deserve whatever's happened to me, this sickness, this disease, or this problem. It's my fault. I deserve it. But Jesus took that on the cross with his blood. And so now when you say, because of the blood right now, Lord, that blood reaches into my conscience, silences the nagging voice, come on, that you shoulda, you coulda, you woulda, and if you try harder, but the blood brings all that, closes the case. And now you're in the presence of God. Say, thank you, Father, for the blood. I don't have nothing to brag on but the blood of Jesus. I can't tell her how great I've been, how all the stuff I did. It's the blood alone that has done everything. Can you say amen? So you're free from the little dark cloud that hangs over your head of what you did that you shouldn't have done or what you didn't do that you should have done. Because the devil can get you either way. But when you get them, say, I plead the blood. I plead the blood. Have faith in the blood. So my mama, she made a constant practice of plead the blood, which is synonymous with faith in the blood. In other words, the word please, not in the New Testament, but it's the same as faith in the blood. So when I came home from uh, Bible college, I went to Bible college four years and had, my, you know, my dad and my mama had quite a little, uh, I was quite a little case, you know, they're working on my case. Uh, I got put in jail. My dad and the deacons had to get me out of jail. And I was in car accidents, totaled out all six cars and walked away without a scratch. I mean, I had some bad friends and we were doing some bad stuff and I'm sure it's all their fault. But anyway, so <laughs> they... <laughs> We'll have a pastor friend, and uh, he's an old pastor friend of ours. He says, oh, Mark, good to see you. He said, you're the one who taught your mother how to pray. (laughs) (laughs) 
So they say preacher's kids have trouble because they hang out with deacon's kids. Oh, there you go. Anyway, so, so I was quite a case, you know, and finally, you know, the Lord began to work, turn, my life turned, but my mama was constantly pleading the blood. So I went to Bible college and went there four years, graduated from Bible college and, and uh, came home and uh, asked my mama, I said, I'm a little concerned about your theology. I've been to Bible college. I've been studying theology for four years. So I'm concerned about your theology. She's, she's just looking at me. We're sitting at the kitchen table. She said, well, what? I said, well, I hear you plead the blood, plead the blood all the time. I've been hearing you do that all my life. I said, but I don't even see that anywhere in the New Testament. She looked at me. She said, well, it seems to be working for me. She said, you're going to Bible college. That's a miracle. We know that's a miracle. So you want to question my theology? In other words, sometimes people get hung up on certain words when really that's identical to faith in the blood, which is in Romans 3.25. In other words, my faith, my confidence, my expectation is on the blood of Jesus, his blood alone. So plead just simply means I rest my case on the blood. Amen. And the devil's the accuser and the Holy Spirit is the advocate. Amen. So my, my mama had multiple applications. Not just one, not just Sunday, not just, you know, someday, but she had a daily application of the blood, Amen. daily application, daily. Like, uh, we went on a vacation or something before we went in the car. We, if we get in the car, in the name of Jesus, we plead the blood over this trip, safe trip. Amen. I mean, if a disease going around, COVID, whatever, I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood. Come on, the blood of Jesus carries the antibodies. Amen. Amen. The COVID. So she's pleading the blood all the time. Uh, my, uh, I brought the girlfriend home from high school with a mini skirt <laughs> when I was 17. And she was something, I'm telling you. I was 17. I, I brought her home. And my mama said, I plead the blood of Jesus. <laughs> so my girlfriend said, what'd she say? I said, oh, nothing. She didn't say nothing. But. I said, well, Mama, I, 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 want, I want her. Then my mama said, you may get what you want. You may not want what you get. So I thought about that for 40 years. How many ever got what you wanted and didn't want what you got? So you can actually plead the blood of Jesus against yourself. All right, let's try this side over. Anybody know anything about yourself that you might need to plead the blood of Jesus about? Maybe just your anger, come on, your anxiety, maybe things that have been going on in your life that you can say, I plead the blood of Jesus. In other words, that no matter what's come against me, I plead the blood of Jesus over my own self, my spirit, my mind, my body. And the blood of Jesus literally makes a shield of faith. Amen. That will stop every attack of the enemy if you just start singing about the blood, pleading the blood, and applying the blood. Amen. So next, uh, you see the example. I haven't made Hebrews 10 yet. But next you see the example of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. And when they came out of Egypt, they were instructed to kill the lamb, eat the lamb in the house, and then apply the blood to the doorposts of the house. So God said, when I see the blood, I got you covered. He said, I'm not really looking for anything else. I'm just looking for the blood. If I see the blood, I got you covered, and the destroyer cannot enter into the household. When I see the blood, so it's not enough to believe in the blood in the house. Somebody has to get out and apply the blood on the doorpost of the house. Amen. Your faith is in that blood, so the devil... When he tries to come around, we say, I got blood on my house. I got blood on the doors. I got blood on my life. I got blood on my children. I got blood on my finances. I got blood on everything. Come on, I am, I am a blood, blood washed, blood bought. Come on, child of God, praise the Lord. And it says when they came out of Egypt, because of the blood, it says they came out with great joy. 
Great joy. And they came out with a lot of money, silver and gold. Amen. And they came out healthy. And the Lord gave them the land of the heathen. Because of the blood covenant, I'm not just going to go to heaven. I'm happy. I'm wealthy. Come on, I'm healthy. And I am a land owner, baby. In other words, God wants you to own the land. Come on, some heathen is living on your land. So, so the blood covenant gives you more than just forgiveness of sins. Can you say amen? amen. Well, praise the Lord. Go to Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to try to get there. Hebrews chapter 10. Are you ready? Verse 14. For by one, for by one offering he hath perfected forever those who are sanctified. Verse 15. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us, for after that he had said before. Now, hold on a second. Because of the blood, and now who jumped in? The Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God. In other words, the Holy Spirit now is working on your case because you honor the blood. So now the blood's applied, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. God himself is working on my case. Verse 16, this is the covenant that I'll make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds. I will write them and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. I don't know. You ought to be happy about that. So the sins and iniquities, God said. So the blood has the power. To remove your sin from the very memory of God. Then he must have that power to remove it from your memory. All right, let's try it one more time. Come on. From thoughts, imaginations, and pictures of your past. Come on, you ought to be applying the blood and say, by the blood of Jesus. That don't even exist anymore, devil. Why you keep talking to me about that? Let's try that one more time. By the blood of Jesus, that don't even exist anymore. I'm not going to keep talking about that. Not even a factor in my future. Look at verse, next verse 18. Now where remission of these is. Now you see the word remission? Here's what the word remission means. Because we have forgiveness. But in the New Testament, the word remission is used more often than forgiveness. Because the word remission is a stronger word than forgiveness. The word remission includes forgiveness, but it means cancellation of penalty. Pretty good. Cause, come on. You've done some things wrong. Boy, the devil says, I'm going to beat your brains out. Because you, you say, but I, I have remission. Praise the Lord. Cancellation of penalty. Removal of guilt, which you've been declared not guilty. Right? Or the Amplified says you have absolute remission. Absolute remission. Through the blood of Jesus, that case is closed. Absolute remission. God don't remember doing anything wrong. So now he says absolute remission. But in the case of our grandson, Dylan, the case of Dylan, I mean, a phenomenal picture. I mean, I learned so much dealing with Dylan because three years old, diagnosed with leukemia. And so they, you know, did treatments, uh, radiation, chemo for two years. After two years, they came back and said, um, it's in remission. And then they came back a few weeks later and said, we found another cancer cell. And so the only thing we can do now is he's going to have to have a bone marrow transplant or a stem cell transplant because we're not able to cure. I said, well, I thought you said it was in remission. She said, what you have to understand is there's two kinds of remission. She said, that's what, you know, we call remission means that the cancer is no longer working. She said, but there's another kind of remission that's only produced through a stem cell transplant, and it's called molecular remission. 
She said, through the stem cell transplant, there will not be one molecule left in his body that he ever had cancer. Oh, I said, well, let's go for the stem cell transplant. So we got to find a donor. All three of his brothers were qualified as a donor. They picked Gavin, the middle one, and he wasn't that happy about it because when they picked Gavin, they got to take him in the hospital, take his blood for four days. They take enough of his blood that will last all of Dylan's life. And then the day came that they had to take Gavin's blood, put it in to Dylan. And said, this is the most critical six hours of his whole life. That if his body refuses to receive uh, uh, Gavin's blood, stem cells, if his body rejects, then he cannot live. So we started praying. We said, Lord, when that, because it was up on a pole like that, kind of looked like a cross. We're looking through the window. And here's this precious, precious blood. Going now into Dylan for six hours, and we're praying what? Lord, I thank you that his body will receive that blood, and he, his body will, will welcome that blood. His body will say, welcome, come in, we're glad to see you. And for six hours, he don't know what's happening. He's playing video games. But that blood's going into him, and in that whole process, his uh, doctor said, now, Mr. Dylan, you know, he's well, what, about that, uh, five years old, I think, by that time. And so the doctor said, Mr. Dylan, when you receive this Gavin stem cells, number one, we're going to say goodbye to you. Number two, you'll have two birthdays from this day forward. When you were born, but when you take his stem cells, you'll have a different DNA. Yeah. Matter of fact, you will actually get Gavin's DNA. Yes. So much so that if Gavin committed a crime, you could be convicted for it. Because <laughs> you will have the same identical DNA as Gavin. <laughs> so that all goes into, into Dylan. And when it went into him, they're like, whoo. He, he received it all, but then they started looking at his blood, and about a week or two later, they said, now Dylan is 50% Gavin, so the doctors are happy, but about a month or two later, they took him in there, and they said, now, now Dylan is 100% Gavin. Listen, listen. If medical science can do anything like that, imagine what God could do I said, imagine what the Almighty God could do. Come on now. When he found a donor, imagine who your donor is. I said, imagine who your donor is. God himself got in a body and produced a new blood and a new covenant in Christ. And when you make Jesus your Lord, his blood, I said, his DNA, his identity, his life, comes into you. So when you say, I plead the blood or I have faith in the blood, you're saying, I'm redeemed by the blood. I'm washed in the blood. I overcome by the blood. I'm healed by the blood. I'm blessed because of the blood. His blood alone has done everything. My faith is in his blood. Woo! Hallelujah. Can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Woo! All right, let me finish reading this, Hebrews chapter 10. You ready? This is the introduction. Verse 19. Are you ready? We have brethren boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. That means when you die and go to heaven should not be the first time you've been there. We... My mama was ready to die when she was 80-something. I'm ready to die. So we kind of had to coach her in how to die. You know, she's hanging on. So, Mom, if you want to go be with the Lord. So we started singing songs about the blood around the bed. And then I said, Mama, every morning when you got up and you started singing and worshiping God, reading your Bible, pleading the blood, every morning you went in to heaven's holy place. I said, we're just going to do it again this morning, and just you're not going to come back. 
Oh, okay. So we started singing. Finally, she and she went to be with the Lord. All the kids were in the room. We started clapping and praising and, and rejoicing, you know. And the, the nurse that was in there said, I've never seen people act that way when their mother died. I said, but my mama ain't dead. My mama's present with the Lord. That's the difference. <laughs> in other words, the, the blood took her out of the natural into the realm of the spirit. And you can do that every day. All right, let's keep going. About finished here. By a new and living way, verse 20, Hebrews 10, 20, by which he consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh, verse 21, having a high priest over the house of God, verse 22 is what? Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from a what? From a guilty conscience. And our body washed with pure water. So he's got you on the inside, and now he got you on the outside. Come on, this this is before you go to heaven. That you enter right into the presence of God, and the blood cleanses your conscience, and it says, and it washes your body with healing water, cleansing water. Praise the Lord. Last one, verse 23. So let us do what? Hold fast. What's that mean? Hold on tight. What you holding on to? The confession of your faith without wavering. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In other words, you apply the blood by faith. My faith, my confidence, my assurance is in his blood. His blood alone has done everything. Andrew Murray said it this way, the sprinkling of the blood is the highest act of worship. In other words, there are many ways you can praise and worship, but if you want to enter into the highest place of the presence of God, you apply the blood. Apply the blood. I plead the blood. Come on, if the enemy's attacking your mind, I plead the blood. Come on, what's coming against your life, I plead the blood. Don't be silent about it. Come on, through the blood, it says Hebrews 13, 20, and 21. You ready for this? Hebrews 13, 20, 21. It says, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. <laughs> I love just that term right there. Hebrews 13, 20, 21. Through the blood of the everlasting covenant, God is working in me that which is well-pleasing in his sight. And he equips me with everything I need to do his will. Well, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Come on. Through the blood. Everybody say, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. God is working in me. That which is well-pleasing in his sight. And he equips me with everything I need to do his will. Now get a happy look on your face. Go, praise the Lord. That's, that's pretty good news. All right, well, that's the introduction. We'll try to cover some more later. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'd come back for the rest if I was you. Amen. How many of you were encouraged? How many of you were built up? Right? So he just talks about that pleading the blood. If you're reading on, he said, then let us hold fast to the confession of our hope. In other words, he just said all that about the blood. And he said, now don't forget about it. Begin to confess that expectation of the blood. And in that, we realize that confession, that if we do that, we start to stir one another up. To what? Love and good works. Well, why would we do that? Because we realize that we're cleansed from the old works. And we're cleansed from the selfishness that bound us and held us in the guilt and the shame. And when we understand the blood and the cleansing of the blood, then we begin to declare it and confess it and are gathered together. We build one another up in that fact, just like you were today. You got encouraged in the fact that you're washed, you're cleansed. The stain of guilt and shame is washed away. And if that's washed away, you don't have to live in that anymore, which positions you in the love of God, ready to do good works. And he said, This is the reason that we assemble together.
We don't forsake it like some do who forgot that they were cleansed and washed and, and, and are under that guilt and that shame. But we come together and we build one another up so we don't fall back into sin willfully after we know about the cleansing of the blood. Amen. So these times are incredibly important that we come together and hear about the blood, what Jesus has done for us to wash us, to cleanse us, to equip us, to set us up for good works. Amen. And so, I mean, there's just much more. Just the introduction. Man, I'll just tell you, with all that God has done, what He's saying to us to get the message on the blood, the cleansing of the blood, the reminder of the blood. Man, just being reminded. How many of you love the blood? Man, that story of Dylan, I could hear it over and over and over. Because it's just your natural mind, right? You can hear it. We've been talking about this, but your mindset, if it's not processing all that through that knowledge of the blood, it gets a little wonky, but you hear it again and you're like, that's it. That's it. I receive that blood and my blood begins to change. My DNA begins to change. I'm no longer my own. The blood is changing me, my very makeup. And he says inside and out, inside and out. The devil tried to get you to go, well, that's all good, but no. Then we, we stand and we plead the blood. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thanks for that introduction. I'm ready. I'm anxious. I'm excited for the rest. Amen. Well, you raise your hand. You said you were taught the word. Everybody who's taught the word, the Bible says that we communicate with the teacher in all good things. So we want to receive an offering. And really, this time of offering is acknowledging the gift of God in our midst, the message that we just received, the power of that message that we just received. You said, listen, I got stirred up by that message. There's something of the life of that word received that begins to change things. And so God says, when we know that that changed something on the inside of us, that we'll carry out from here, and we understand that it's eternal, and it'll equip us to do something beyond this point. He said, then it is, is it any real big deal when you think about it to communicate with the one who brought this eternal substance and the power of it to change your life, and in changing your life, it will change the lives. With your boldness, with your understanding, it will change the life of your family members. It'll change the life of people you come in contact with as you're bold to share, as you're bold to encourage them. Listen, you don't have to live under that guilt and shame. You don't have to live under that condemnation. You can live free. Then it'll set them free. So it starts to carry out beyond. He says, if you know that, is it any big deal that we share a temporary substance with the one who imparted spiritual things to us? And that's why we receive an offering, because we worship God in the fact that he gave gifts unto men to equip us for the work of ministry. And so when they share from that gift what God has told them, it brings illumination and equipping to us. And we say, you know what, we can communicate and understand how God's working to bless them, to send them to the next place, to have the word translated into other languages, to go into a place that we cannot go, but we have a part in it. Amen? So we want to receive an offering. If you're making out a check, make it out to New Creation Church. If you're giving by cash or debit or credit card, raise your hands, and the ushers will give you an envelope. If you're giving by text, uh, the text number will be up there in just a second. Um, many of you have that text number. And if you're giving online, you're watching online, you can go onto our website, go to the Give button and give, and uh, just put towards a Mark Hankins or the guest ministry application there, and uh, we'll make sure that they get 100% of this offering. Amen. Praise the Lord. I love it. I love it when you hear teaching on the blood. Teaching on the blood never gets old. Never gets old. You think you heard it before? Something on the inside. There's just such a witness in your spirit of the power of the blood. An excitement that comes when you hear about the power of the blood. And you receive it. And then you know there's just another measure every time you hear it. That when the enemy attacks, you're like, nope, nope. Not this time. I got further understanding, further revelation on the blood. And so each time you have a further revelation, you diminish any effect that the enemy has, any lie that he can come to you with uh, because you apply and plead the blood. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We ready? Father, we thank you for what we've received this morning. We thank you for the eternal value of it, the value of your word and the life. We thank you 
that as it comes forth, it penetrates past the soul and it penetrates right into the spirit to bring life and show up the dividing line between the soul and the spirit that our spirit man might come more and more alive from the word than we've ever seen before. And it begins to override things in our soul that have been there. Begins to uh, declare the blood and clean those things out and see the cleansing of the blood throughout our whole system, our spirit, soul, and body. So we thank you for the, the word that was brought today. Thank you for the opportunity that we had. As Pastor Mark and Trina have taken the opportunity that was given to impart the word. Now the Bible says as often as we have opportunity to give, we should give and do good, especially to those of the household of faith. So we thank you for this opportunity to give. And in taking advantage of the opportunity, Father, we thank you. We thank you things are planted. Things are planted into lives. They're planted into not just Pastor Mark and Trina's life, but those that they'll go to minister to. Lives will be saved. People will be delivered healed, set free. For the blood will be preached and the results of the blood will be realized. And so we thank you for that. We thank you for the opportunity to engage in a covenant relationship through our giving with that which will take place even in the future in the hearts and the lives of people who receive from this ministry of the word. And we command the blessings of the word of God upon each one. And we do thank you that you supply every need according to your riches and glory through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You can go ahead and pass those buckets. You are more than welcome to stay for 1030 service and get past the introduction into some more meat. And then tonight at 6 o'clock and tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Amen. We're just going to continue to honor God, the gift of God, what God wants to do in our life individually, what he's doing in the church, moving into the days to come. Amen. Why don't you stand up after the bucket's gone by. Say this as we go. What God did in Christ Jesus far exceeds any damage done to me by Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. We'll see you in just about 20 minutes.